Hello and welcome back to the HBO Boys. Today we're talking about Succession, Season 4, Episode 9, entitled Church and State. And I'll tell you, Justin, I am pre-grieving the end of this show and I am pre-tired all the time. Well, if that is the case, then that means you're about to cry. Yeah, (laughs) hysterically. In the middle of a funeral, which makes sense, except for if you're Roman. But I think this perhaps... We, sh- we saw this one coming. He definitely hadn't pre-grieved. In fact, I, I don't think he grieved at all. Nope. It all came out in one point, and he had a microphone to his face during it, which was just the, the worst case scenario for him. Yeah. It went as badly as it could have gone. Uh, yeah, another great episode in the books. Like, what are you going to do? Uh, this is a 9.5 on IMDb. Currently, I think the second highest rated episode only behind Connor's wedding on that website and many another website. Uh, I read slash saw an interview with the director of this episode and most of the season, Mark Mylod. Uh, he was commenting on how to how he made this episode from a directing standpoint. Apparently the funeral, like Connor's wedding, or at least like that long sequence in Connor's wedding, was all one shot. Jesus. Which I had, would never have realized. No. But the difference is, in Connor's wedding, it was like two cameras going at full speed and switching out mags because they're on film. But this is like, I, I don't know how many he said, a lot of them, like eight plus cameras going at all the same time and mags getting changed out. But from the moment people walk into that church until the end of that sequence, they did it all in one shot, which is outrageous. It feels, it doesn't feel necessary, but it's very cool to know. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely one of those things where I, I think it was fine, even if it wasn't a single shot. But now that you say that, now that my brain knows it, it's going to require another viewing just to kind of sit there and Leonardo DiCaprio meme on the couch. And just, yes. Oh, oh, oh that's oh, so sick. <laughs> <laughs> he also said in these interviews uh, a comment that I thought was really interesting, which. He has been using purposely, I don't even, I wish I sort of didn't know this because I think it gives away the ending a little bit, but maybe it's a red herring anyway. He says he's been using a particular shot to sort of gauge the upcoming power dynamic of the show for the audience and for himself slash the writers. And it's the shot that's used in the title sequence of uh, it's Logan from behind. And the world is his oyster. He's looking out upon it and he can do whatever he wants. And there's only one character who gets this shot more often than not post Logan's death. It happened twice, I think, in this episode. And it's Kendall. Greg. Right. Definitely. (laughs) Yep. I agree. It's Greg. Craig the egg. I wish it was Connor, dude. Connor heads unite. It was a bad episode for Connor. Uh, That's bad, bad. It didn't. And it will get that. That's like one little tidbit that we'll spend 30 seconds on in the future. But Kendall has gotten that shot now twice in this episode in a bunch of times this season. But even without that knowledge, I think it's pretty clear that the overall winner of the episode was Kendall. I mean, eh, that wasn't it wasn't subtext, right? Like Roman stock just dive bombed into the ground. Shiv, while getting small wind here or there, I think was still overshadowed by Kendall. And he just obvious, like he just off the dome carnaged 
a speech about his dead father and then just started ticking off check marks on things I need to do to become the most powerful person in this family one by one. Yeah, it, I I wouldn't say it's like on the nose, like it wasn't very, very obvious, but in the context of what we've been given throughout the entire series, it definitely was one of the most, um, the most like clear cut uh, vibes that he was looking, that we've been given. Whereas up until now, it was kind of like, nobody knows, it could be Shiv, it could be this, it could be that. And I think that this was kind of finally episode where we're we're really locking into that that final gear here towards the home stretch. Yeah, and we are truly in the home stretch for every show that we're that I'm currently watching. Uh, this has been like the penultimate week, right? I mean, Ted Lasso has more than ten episodes, so we are upcoming on the penultimate episode. Uh, this was the penultimate episode of Succession's not only season, but uh, entire show, Yellow Jackets is the exact same thing. So it's just like high octane television this week, and then even more so next week as we hit finales. So let's break this episode down. I think there's basically like three sections. It's pre-speeches, the speeches, and post-speeches. So pre-speeches, we get Roman in his apartment being very confident like in fact in this moment watching him especially because the speech he was saying was very well written like you know his funeral logan that is is going to be broadcasted on satellites that he did not build with his own hands but he built with his mind like he was saying shit like that that made me be like god this is a good speech and if he does it correctly i think the mencken thing is going to work out And I think his spot as perhaps the next Logan, perhaps the next Roy power play player is going to be just fine. Yeah. And uh, I I don't want to rush into it, obviously, because it's part of the speeches, but it it could have gone any more opposite than than if you if you put that beginning scene directly before cut all the BS in between out and put that scene right into the speech. I just. Yeah, (laughs) I I think it was just very good writing because as much as we all believed that pre-grieving is not a thing and that Roman didn't do it and that he was going to crumble, that beginning of him being that confident is just, I didn't, I forgot. Like, it made me forget that, of course, he is going to fall into a million pieces. But I forgot 100%. I was like, wow, this is a great speech. He's going to do great. Yeah, and he, I mean, for the past couple episodes, too, he's been so, yeah, pre-grieve, fuck off. Like, okay, he just exhumed confidence everywhere out of his orifices. So you were just kind of, you knew he was fucked up in the head, too. So it kind of went hand in hand with like, oh, yeah, he's just completely gone emotionally. Yeah, so he'll, right. He'll, he'll be able to just fucking kick the can through it. No problem. No problem. The second, oh, man. Yeah. The, the, is he really in there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that is the thing. Like, I was just wondering if he had become or was always a complete sociopath and could throw all emotion to the side and the crumbling that we predicted just wasn't going to happen because as it turns out, he is so broken that emotions just no longer phase him. But again, that's why the writing in the show is so, so good because all of the evidence would support otherwise. But still, after that speech I hear him give, I think, maybe he's got it. Maybe it's in his bones. 
Yeah, right. And we all have this at the same time where Ken is yelling at Rava on the street because Ugh. she doesn't want to bring her kids to an obviously tumultuous area of New York City because there are riots going on. And a large reason those riots are going on is because ATN called the election for Mencken and everybody uh, doesn't want Mencken, or at least 50% of America seems, maybe 49, depending on how Wisconsin tips, doesn't want Mencken to be the president because he is um, a fascist and mm. uh, th that's not uh, in the cards for uh, half of America and uh, maybe half of New York as well because they're on the streets and letting everyone know about it, which then leads to Ken telling Jess, like, I want custody of those kids. The way he was being in front of said children in the prior scene made me think, oh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have custody of those kids. You don't. You barely see them in the first place, and you act like a crazy person every time you're around them. But sure, get do the thing that uh, Shiv would, would had to go through um, with Tom in the in the <laughs> divorce lawyers. Do that to Rava. I'm sure that will go. That will go well. In fact, I think he gets at least fifty percent, if not full custody of the kids. I think. He ruins their lives in the process and divorces them from their mother uh, out of being vindictive because, I don't know, at this point, I think the most logical conclusion is, is that he does the most damage possible to both his family. Uh, yeah, to his family, period. I, I was about to say his family and his siblings. It's all the same thing, right? Like, he is just out for himself only and sure if his... Uh, relationships with his kids, his ex-wife, and his siblings all go down in flames. That just seems part of the plan at this point. Yeah, essentially, when given a predicament or a scenario for Kendall, it it's just literally the what would Logan do type scenario. And I mean, keep in mind, Logan was not close with his brothers or anyone as far as siblings, and he was horrifically not close with his children. So... It's almost kind of like one of those things where each and every scene that you see Kendall doing something regarding his family, it it is almost just like character arc building, but it's destroying because he's doing everything that he needs to do to become the person that would run this company. But the person that would run this company is a gigantic piece of fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, right. He's just getting closer to I don't need them to love me. I just need them to respect me because right. at the end. It, like he's about to go to a funeral uh, for a person that nobody could truly love because he wouldn't allow it to happen. Logan, that is. But everyone respected him, or at least the people at this funeral respected him in some way just because of what he built. And so Kendall has made a decision, whether it be conscious or subconscious, that I don't need love. Love is overrated as long as people respect the things I do and the person that I am. They could hate me. It doesn't matter. It also harkens back to the conversation they had at the karaoke bar with Connor because Connor kind of echoed the same sentiment because they all came from the same father that didn't give them that like fatherly, like um, disciplinary love and warmth and and strength and all that. They, they are completely devoid of it. So it's 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 funny to see Kendall actioning the I don't need love. I need respect without saying it. And then you have Connor literal well half brother, I guess. But. You have another sibling, which essentially vocalized that exact same thing. But we're getting we're like basically seeing it play out now versus just being spoken. This leads directly into Jess quitting, which I think is pretty straightforward. She was talking with Greg last time about how she doesn't want to be on the side of the fascist lovers. And so <laughs> she is exiting the situation to which just enrages Kendall more. 
but then we move on from that uh, and we enter the one long shot slash the church. A lot of things happen here before the speeches. Shiv is telling everyone on the way, or at least her siblings in the car that she's pregnant. Roman says, is it mine? Which is chef's kiss gross. Roman, Roman to a T. (laughs) I did really like how her mother just knew. Like, God, this lady is the worst. No, no, you do not. She don't disrespect her. She is like so far up on the list of my favorite characters in the entire show because she is just a ruthless bitch. Yeah. And like, there's just something about her whole presence that every time I see her come on the screen, I I get like giddy. I'm like, what's she going to say? (laughs) This moment was really cool when she just knew like a a motherly Mm -hmm. instinct uh, for children that you could argue whether or not she truly loves them. Uh, (laughs) And like, but this moment was like, yes, at her core, she does love these children. But at the same time, she is a textbooks narcissist, same as Logan was. And uh, but but still in her bones, she. She sees Shiv and just instantly is like, oh, you have a baby in you. Right. She's not the world's best mother, but she is a mother nonetheless. So she still has instincts and is able to kind of tell just upon like looking at Shiv. But, you know, you could be a a shitty mom, but you're still a mom. (laughs) So speaking of the women in both the Sibs and Logan's life, they sit all of Logan's ex-lovers and current lover next to each other including a mistress played by brian cox's actual wife but sitting them all next to each other is amazing is that that's 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 real yeah that's real that's his actual wife yes the um (laughs) uh the sibs mother who introduced like this is my caroline like that that is brian cox's actual wife oh my god that makes it i was literally about to clap as you were introducing this scene and then i realized that it's just a recorded non-visual podcast so that would have yeah but people know what clap sound like right, cool like so for this scene <laughs> round of i'm standing i'm standing that whole sequence where she's like yes let me introduce you here yeah she's my carry it's like this woman is the best i love yeah. her <laughs> i love her so much and then they all sit next to each other i'm like god in the front row Mind you. Jesus. We then also see Roman talking to Frank the way that Kendall did in a previous episode, basically saying, when I come to power, I'll be rounding out a a posse. Uh, Frank, a a little bit more in tune with Kendall, believing in Kendall more, it seems. When uh, Roman came up to him, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, whatever you want. That's fine. Yeah, I don't. I I think uh, I think. Roman definitely got the gist of what Frank was doing. He almost like, I feel like in one response to whatever Roman was saying, he literally just grunted. <laughs> He's, mm, mm-hmm. 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 sure thing. <laughs> we also see Shiv talking to Mattson, uh, throwing out the American CEO angle about talking to Minkin later, and Shiv being the CEO of Waystar Royco, at least in America. Uh, at the same time, Shiv has told Matson to put his bad numbers out today, uh, a news cycle that is going to be washed through very quickly. Obviously, Kendall and Rome are going to figure this out, but the rest of America and perhaps Wall Street uh, will know it just a little bit less than they would have if it was put out in any other day, which ends up being a smart move by Shiv and uh, Matson all together. And then 
we also see this all in the background of, like I said, there are riots happening and the riots are all about uh, what this family has helped happen. Something happened to America. So there is this like umbrella of danger outside. Like anytime Kendall, Roman or Shiv went onto the street, I was like, oh, I don't know if you should be on the street. <laughs> Especially with your face so well known in America and across the world. Like, yeah, I mean, if you showed me four pictures of really old people and were like, which one's Rupert Murdoch? I don't know if I could tell you which one it is. Uh, but I don't know, maybe Kendall at the very least, because he's been on TV trying to put his father in jail for the last four years. Right. So maybe that. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway. We finally then get to the speeches. Greg has been told to not let Uncle Ewan get up onto the pulpit. But when Ewan stands up <laughs> and everyone's yelling at Greg, like, do something about this. Greg says a wonderful line, which is like, what, do you, what am I supposed to do? Take his legs out? <laughs> Classic Greg. Classic Greg. Last episode, giving the details on Shiv to Kendall. This episode, letting Ewan talk to mm -hmm. hurt the stock price, as Ewan says. Mm -hmm. You know, what sort of people would stop a brother speaking for the sake of a share of a share price? Um, yep. I don't know. I, I don't know if I think this is all one big uh, predetermined plan that Greg has. I, I do think it's uh, the blocks are falling for him nicely, though. It's all about Greg, baby. Greg to the moon. Greg to the moon. James Cromwell, who plays Ewan, might get a guest Emmy for this speech alone because he rips it. And the speech is exactly what we assumed it would be mostly, right? Like, I didn't really like my brother. I love him, I suppose. The way he treated people wasn't right. The way he treated this world was not right at all. But also, here's this polio story. Uh, which is a story that had been implied in the past, but never fully dove into. And we see Roman's face during the polio story in which uh, Logan and Ewan's uncle and aunt let him believe, Logan that is, that his sister died because he brought the polio back. They, he, I think Ewan says like, they, they never said it wasn't that way, uh, you know, which seems like a cornerstone. A, a real building block on how Logan became who he is with the just a person with grief uh, laced around every strand of his DNA. And then again, we see Roman's face sort of break for the first time and the moment in which his confidence all leaves and seeps <laughs> out of his butt. <laughs> and, <laughs> and still, though, I didn't I didn't fully comprehend the future but i i got it a little bit i was like eh, i don't know i think he might be at 75 percent on on this upcoming speech roam that is turns out no no uh he was at zero by the way and the emmy goes to kieran culkin yeah no for this shit easy peasy that's and it's so funny we go like we've gone like episode to episode over the past like maybe three or four weeks of just being like, oh, yeah, there it is. Obviously, there it is. Tom and Shiv, for sure. Definitely. That's it right there. Next week, full of, oh, well, you know, Kendall, that was crazy. That's it right there. But um, I, I think I think it's over. We have one more episode. Who the fuck's even know? Yeah, like, no, I don't crazier think. shit could happen. Yeah, I don't think Jeremy Strong has gotten his Emmy yet. I think he's going to next episode. 
Yeah, and I, I yeah, I and I have probably a, maybe a seventy or eighty percent accuracy rating of like guessing shows and what's going to happen plot lines. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on this one. This absolute batting zero on Roman breaking down during the speech. I it just they did such a good job at making you feel so secure in that he doesn't give a fuck. So like when he like I said earlier when he made the comment like is he is, is he, he really in, in there? I was Can like, we get him out, dude. I literally in the, my living room was like, "Shut the fuck up! It's really happening." Yeah, man. I, was, I mean, I was completely like, completely taken by surprise, like a child. Like yep. that's something a child would say. A, a, a man, baby, who has never grown up, has been handed everything in his life except for his father's love, and now he has <laughs> no opportunity to gain that love ever again because he's in that box. And we can't get him out of it. Like, right. Holy shit. Yeah. And not for nothing, his whole character is just a giant fucking man baby that does and says and jerks off onto whatever he wants at any point at any given day. And the fact of the matter, like, how the fuck did I not see that speech coming is my was my takeaway from it. Because it's like it he he is incapable of doing anything adult and giving a eulogy speech is extremely extraordinarily adult and a mature thing to do so like the fact that they wrote this character so well to the point where i literally am watching him go to the podium going like this guy is just gonna say the weirdest shit right isn't this mm-hmm. gonna and he starts sobbing i was like oh, right? oh like my this God. is the perfect example of game of thrones syndrome but in its most positive form. Yep. Which is writing so good that everything is a red herring. Everything is a fork to nowhere, except for when it happens. You And then afterwards, you're like, well, of course that happened. Yep. It, uh, and it makes every show on television worse by, <laughs> by association. <laughs> we can't watch any other shows now based off of this one scene specifically. <laughs> Seriously. And by the way, this probably messed up the whole Mencken deal with them, right? Because Roman was a pillar of confidence, which uh, instilled said confidence in Mencken as well. But now that that's not the case, I think it's going to be a lot harder for Mencken to be on their side. Mencken was very impressed by the speech, but obviously later on in the episode, it's maybe not enough impressed yeah he was impressed by kendall's speech that's what i mean that's what i mean sorry kendall's not the guy Mencken wants to root for roman was and so even though that kendall is coming up here and as i said just off the dome uh, like i liked how he was writing something looking at the cards and looked up and was like now i'm gonna just freestyle this bitch (laughs) i'm just fucking full send baby let's go and his full send was, I think, the perfect message, which was Logan sucked, but the sheer force of that suck is mm-hmm. immeasurable. Yeah, it was like it almost. Uh, what's the what's the saying? Where it's like it's almost worth the cost of the sin, essentially. Where it's like it's just such a terrible and maniacal and evil power, but like the the fact that it is in existence is necessary, like a necessary evil, but. It's yeah, that whole Yeah, I don't even know if it's necessary evil. I think it's just like the amount of evil is impressive. Like (laughs) it's obviously it's basically being like, 
you know, it's a desired evil. Everything that Hitler did was awful, but the fact that it happened is crazy. <laughs> like, like oh that's, boy, that's and not we're a, into Hitler now. <laughs> listen, that's what Kendall basically just said on a much right. smaller scale and with way less mass genocide. But <laughs> he's just way like less armbands. There were no armbands this time. No, no, there were not. And then Shiv gets up and she says, I think some things that are, I think, important, which is it was hard to be Logan's daughter. In fact, it was hard to be a woman around him in general. But I think her speech got completely overshadowed by Kendall's. I think it was I think obviously it was on purpose because of the structure of all four speeches. So you have Ewan, you have well Roman's quote unquote speech, and then you have Kendall and then you have Shiv. I think it was basically Ewan and Kendall were the two speeches that were the meat and potatoes. And essentially what it did is it showed that Roman and Shiv are not prepared and not ready for something like this, this uh, position. Cause honestly, like you have Mencken, you have Matson, you have the whole world watching in the background. And for someone who's trying to do a deal with a company and that company is trying to appoint a CEO, you're looking at the three options you have here and you're going, well, it's obviously Kendall, right? Like that's the, yeah, I, that's I clear. think Shiv's speech was, just something that I think deserved to be said, especially with how misogynistic Logan is, how misogynistic the world has to be to make the reality of what's happening in this show happen. And it is just a comment on the real world where misogyny ain't dead yet and it's not even close. Equality is still far away and Shiv is packing that all into a speech about her father and how it was hard to be his daughter slash a woman around him at all. I, and while I think that's all like necessary, important, and true, it comes after... Uh, somebody else got on stage and said the exact right thing with the exact right tone and inflection. So it, it just, it came off not weak. Her points weren't weak. She felt weak because in comparison to Kendall, if Kendall didn't say anything before she had that speech, I'd have been like, that was a speech of the night. I mean, Ewan's was close, but like everything she said was so poignant. The problem is yeah. it came after what Kendall said, which is him ascending. So it's hard to get around that. And I think out even outside of Kendall's speech, I think Shiv's speech was actually like very, um, it was tough to listen to and watch because it was essentially a list of bullet points of extraordinarily important and, and prominent features that she ripped through. But the delivery, she was all over the place with the delivery. Obviously, her, it's at her dad's funeral. Emotions are high. But it was it was akin to Roman for me watching that speech. Because I was like, I, I I get what I'm listening. And she's making this point and that point and that point. But the, the path between those, especially after Kendall's speech, of being like a perfect whirlwind hurricane of speech 101, uh, it was just kind of like scattered and, and uncomfortable and awkward. So, yeah, like I get, like like I said again, it was like you have Ewan who was also kind of a little scattered. He would kind of dance back and forth between topics and stories and all that, but still pretty to the point, pretty poignant, very harsh, very real, very sturdy. Roman breaks down. Kendall, same as Ewan, hard, sturdy, real speech man speech. And then again, you have the Romanesque Shiv where she's you know like very emotional, like can't really get a full sentence out. Yeah, so so I, I mean, she got more words out than Roman by a lot, though. Not wrong. Not wrong. 
by like a, by like a hundred probably. So many, so many more words. And by the way, we'll get to at the end, but she's sort of one, like the power struggle internally at Waystar, Kendall is on the up, but the end of this episode is Shiv getting a small win uh, with Matson and the American CEO angle. So uh, the speeches end. We then go to the mausoleum that Logan got for cheap, which is very funny. Uh, Roman running away from that. Uh, and there was a lot that happened there. It was, it was a lot of Connor talking about uh, how Logan came upon this mausoleum, that they'll all be in there at the end, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I think it, this part of the episode was, it wasn't that it wasn't strong. It just, I wanted it to get to the next part because I knew the next part was had to happen, which was they all go back and then everyone takes their turn talking to Jared Minkin. Connor talking to Jared Minkin was cringy. It was hard to watch. I wanted it to stop. And as a con head, very disappointed. <laughs> but of <laughs> course, gonna... of course, that's how it went. You know, the, the cringe also, it was two pronged for me because I know how near and dear Connor is to your heart. Yeah. So it was watching that man do his thing was cringy enough. But then I was just like, oh. No, Brady, no. It's it was, poor Brady. Oh, dude. I mean, <laughs> it's I... It's like watching your team lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, but like, not just lose the Super Bowl. At like two seconds left with of the Super Bowl, they accidentally fumble. It goes back for six points. And then somehow <laughs> they also lit the stadium on fire. Like, and it killed like 40,000 people. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Jesus. You're falling apart here, Connor. You really need Willa next to you at all times to all just times. be like, nope. Bad Connor. Bad Connor. And then uh, it was pretty clear that Mencken was sort of off the Kendall and Roman train because of what happened to Roman. And because, again, he's not really rooting for Kendall as a person. And then we see Matson and Shiv talk to him. And I don't think it was clear in that moment that they would come out on top of this mess. And, you know, how on top of it uh, is unclear. And whether or not this would truly affect anything at the upcoming board meeting is also unclear, but they did the best out of all of them, which isn't saying a lot, though. Low bar. Sure, sure. And something very, very, very important to point out this entire time between Mencken and between Matson, no one has said Shivroy as CEO. They've explicitly said American Greg CEO. So okay. just definitely keep that okay, in your mind bud. for sure as we, okay. as we move forward here. I'm just saying, no, Shiv has said her name for CEO, but no one else has. Yes, she has. And in response, Matson laughed out loud, mind you, in the church. Yeah, I think ma him making Greg the CEO would be just like the biggest fuck you to the Roy family. No, not only not even I have a better one for you. Okay, Tom. Yes, sure. There is a sequence in this episode where um, Matson asks specifically where Tom was and Greg, Shiv and Matson are all having a conversation and she basically is like, oh, you know, he's really busy at work, like the polls and everything like that. And there's a fucking look and response that Matson gives, which I was like, oh my, A, logistically, Tom makes actual sense as the American CEO of a company because he's already running the news organization. He has the tenure there and, and the experience, which he said to Shiv that she was lacked experience prior to this conversation. Yeah. 
I, I, I implore you to go back and watch that sequence and look at the look on Matson's face when she explains where Tom is. There's a pause in the conversation and he's kind of just like, hmm, hmm. busy at work during, during this few, hmm, okay. I respect it. I'm a huge, huge Greg fan. Um, I don't think it would, f- I don't think it would be the best ending. Uh, personally, that's it's it's very irresponsible. The disgusting brothers running is, Waystar Royco. Well, uh, Greg can still be involved. Actually, I was. It seems Kendall. Uh, I would be happy with a Kendall ending. I would be happy with a t- now that this is entering my head. A Tom ending would be crazy. Dude. Yeah, like at but the the logistics of it and the the making sense of that decision because they've never said. Between Menken and Matson, never in their conversation said, yeah, yeah, I know we could talk about this and we'll talk about Shiv being CEO. And well, oh, Shiv is right here. She could be a perfect American CEO. Mm-hmm. They've explicitly said American CEO and top to bottom, realistically, it doesn't matter if it's a Roy or not. They just need a person there to be able to complete the deal. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm Charlie in the mailroom with this shit. Right yeah, now. right. Just like pointing at all the strings. Like, but oh man, it's, I can't wait. For this next episode. Me either. I, I think the Tom uh, as CEO and like Greg as COO right. is a possibility. Uh, I, I I don't see it happening with what... I, he, here's the thing. I actually... No, I take that back. I have no fucking clue what's going to happen. What I do know is that Kendall has to end up in some way with some power in like i don't know what gives him that power whether it be he stays with waystar royco and is in charge now or uh like the disgusting brothers things happen but still kendall ends up on top in some way like i just don't want or see an ending where kendall is at rock bottom unless it ends with like kendall killing himself because then like okay (laughs) sure like way out of nowhere he he fails completely and he just offs himself that's po- like the what all I'm, I'm saying what i'm saying it's hard to understand but what i'm saying is, is kendall's gonna kill himself you no know, just what i'm saying is like there are so many things that can happen next episode i don't know what they're going to be it seems like they're setting kendall up for some kind of win i don't know if it's a big or a small one but big enough where his eyes light up as everyone hates him but uh, the fact that I don't know, and I, we've sa- I've said this too many times, the fact that I have no goddamn clue is why this show is one of, if not the best show ever made. So that's cool. And Kendall, by the way, there's more evidence to support this. Like he's completely in the driver's seat right now. Hugo tells him about the American CEO thing. He has Hugo saying woof woof being his mm. little doggy. And then Hell he yeah. also asks Colin to come work for him. And Colin smiles as he has found a new boss, perhaps a new Logan. Like, you know, Roman says to Frank, uh, be on my side. Frank grunts. Kendall says to Frank, Hugo and Colin be on my side. And they've all sort of been like, all right. Yeah, I don't. I again, per our conversations earlier in the season, let's circle concern, back to those. Let's circle back to our conversations from a thirty thousand foot view here. <laughs> the synergies between your and I yeah, perspectives yeah, yeah, yeah. and respective departments here were uh, aligned in the fact that uh, we just wanted to make sure that they were going to be able to quote unquote land the plane. 
Sure. Uh, I can't wait, by the way, until we don't ever say the phrase land the plane ever again. I am just going to let you know that every single podcast you pull me into, I'm going to say it incessantly. That makes sense. Constantly and forever. No, I get that. Um, I I feel after eight, episode eight, and now after episode nine, I feel like we're almost like, um, we're like standing, the plane's already landed. We're like Mm. at the terminal and we're kind of just like with our baggage waiting for people to figure out how to get the fuck off a plane in a line. And we're just kind of like waiting to get to our, you know, like you can see the beaches and the waves. There's no, there's no way they fuck this up, right? Like if if it's Kendall, Kendall, great. If it's Tom, crazy, but also good. If it's Shiv, that's how you fuck it up. Because I don't think there's, there's not enough evidence no right it can't be shiv or roman it just if it's shiv or roman it's they fucked it up they 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 shit the bed um but it doesn't it doesn't look like those either of those are the case at all so again i'm i'm comfy i got my i got my gym shorts on and i'm holding my carry on (laughs) and i'm looking at the beach and i just can't wait to to sit in one of the little adirondack beach chairs and uh enjoy this final episode we're gonna come back to this moment because i have like a a small like thesis to say but i want to fin- finish out the episode which is tom and shift forever uh he <laughs> says he was the first one to see logan dead explaining why he uh didn't want to be at the funeral because he was one working two perhaps maybe it was a conscious effort to let Matson know that work is more important than whatever uh being at a, a funeral for a guy who no longer matters to both uh to Matson. At all. Not being at a legend's funeral. Let's let's write that one on his but resume let's here. It. Let's go Tom. Tom and Greg, the disgusting brothers. Yes. And then Shiv says to Tom, because she feels so bad for him, just like, go back to the apartment. And he's like, yeah, are you sure? And then Tom says my favorite line of the episode, <laughs> which is crazy because the line, is he in there? Can we get him out? Is so, so, so good. And I'll always remember the moment in which Roman said that line and how impactful it was on both me and the show. But the line, the hotel people, the people at the hotel know me and I hate it. It was like, (laughs) oh, God, dude. Dude, again, it's I feel like we literally there's we should have uh, we should have looked at this ahead of time and made a whole segment for how good is Tom's lines this episode? Because the people at the hotel know me and I hate it. I think that, that trumps the, the, the pale and the, uh, what, how did he describe the bag? Oh, ludicrously capacious. We've, we have a winner here and it's that, this line right now. It's currently my favorite line in this show, uh, has had, it is, it might be up there with like my, the favorite line, that I've ever seen in any form of media because it hit me really hard. It <laughs> got to the essence of exactly how that character felt better than any other sequence of words he could have said. It, it oh God, it just cracked me over the skull with a fucking East and bat. Like it was so, so good. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it's so funny cause it's absolutely a first world problem, but it's, it's, uh, he just like delivers it in a way where you're like, ah, man, I just, I feel like I know how God, this, you feel. This guy is fucking sad, man. This guy's down, man. He's really down. Go back and listen to and watch this scene again, though. The music in that scene mm. 
is so so good hand i don't know who's doing the music but fucking hand that person an emmy as well uh like i said madsen calls shiv after this the us ceo thing is going to work uh as madsen is confident in his dealings with Mencken at this point. Like you said, no one said Shiv, only Shiv has said Shiv. And then also, Ken has a brutal conversation with Roman where he says over and over again, yeah, you feel this way because you fucked it. You tried to be dad, you're not dad, and you fucked it. While Roman just says to himself like, holy shit, dude, what? you saw what happened today to me, right? And you're doing this right now, but it's a calculated power play. He is Correct. putting Roman back in the place where he be- where he thinks he belongs. No, he's putting him in the dog cage and he's feeding him the dog food. That's what woof, he's doing. Woof, woof, baby. Woof, woof. It's all, there's metaphors all over. He's putting Roman in the fucking dog cage. Oh, straight up. Oh, my God. Such, so fucking good, man. So good. And then Roman leaves. And did a little part of you think, hey, Roman's going to kill himself? Oh, I didn't think of that, but yeah, yeah no, I think it's point, only me. I think every time <laughs> someone leaves screen and is sad, I'm like, are they jumping? Or like when Kendall walked into the ocean, that was my first thought too. It's like, he's going to drown. He's going to try and drown himself. I think. I don't know. Oh, he's, okay. He's... So it wasn't that is not how I felt with Kendall. I was just like, I don't know why he's going in there. It's because water is symbolism or some shit. Right. But uh, yeah, no. And then Roman goes outside, uh, doesn't off himself, but he does run headfirst into a crowd of people that hate him. Because he has been stripped of all of his power with one conversation with his brother and one complete downfall at his father's wedding today. He is just, he is nothing. And he has to grab at any string of power that he can. So he goes up to the riot fences, yells at them, then jumps over the riot fences and then gets the shit kicked out of him by a person who doesn't even know it's him. He's just like, get out of my way, punch in the face. And... (laughs) Uh, Roman is then on the ground after walking against the riot, walking against the world he is currently, and the world is smacking him to the ground, both metaphorically and literally. And the episode ends. And I think like you were saying before on being excited for next week, and like we've all been saying, we don't know what the ending is going to be. Uh, I think it's exactly like what I said earlier, which was we have all of these setups and then what happens happens. We couldn't have guessed exactly. Even We could have guessed exactly what happened, but we're being led off right. into so many different directions. And these characters are so rich and deep that it's hard because they're like they're written like they're actually fleshed out real people who can make decisions on a dime and sometimes betray themselves and sometimes uh, step up to the plate in a way that we n- never knew they could up until that moment because because they start they pop off like right. you know a, a person can pop off or fail at any given moment it just it's a roll of the dice right so I think the way this show is going to end not with exactly what's going to happen but the feeling is like I said earlier which is. Oh, obviously that happened. We had been set up perfectly for this ending. I would have not called this ending. I'd be afraid to call this ending because of how many possibilities there were and the depth of fan fiction that we've written over the past (laughs) season of television. But I think we're going to get to the end and think and say out loud to ourselves, well, 
Fucking duh. Of course. Fucking amazing. Brilliant. Because I didn't call it because I was afraid to. But you goddamn nailed it. That's what I'm assuming I'm going to feel at the end of the last episode of Succession. Yeah, I think easy, easy, like one word assessment to predict is just credits roll and audible. Wow. Yeah, probably going to come out of my mouth. Just a um, gaping hole that is my mouth and like, fuck. Yeah. It's, it's going to hurt, though, because I it's just such a such a good show, man. It's I mean, I'm, I'm super happy that they didn't uh, lost it essentially where they just are like, mm. oh, my God, this is pretty successful. Let's keep this going. Let's go, go, go more, 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 more. But uh, man. Uh, and again, something I want to say to uh, with all our fan fiction going on and Tom and Greg being the winners or Kendall being the winners. The winner is the audience, I guess. Winner is the audience. But OK, that's that would have been way better than what I was going to say. So, <laughs> oh, shit, dude, that's <laughs> God damn it. The winner is us. We won. Yeah. Yeah, we did <laughs> um, win. Yeah. Uh, the poison drips through is Shit. a line that was delivered by Kendall during the pr- process of them announcing Mencken uh, as the president. And essentially, the entire struggle that Kendall is dealing with right now is his kids. And he's been a shitty father. He had a conversation with Shiv. You know, do you think I'm a bad father? And she's like, well, <laughs> well, yes. I mean, <laughs> you d- yeah, but you, you aren't we all? You did your best, I guess, right? Yeah, um, I even think that it's tough in the in the face of Jesse Armstrong saying the things about the perspective and the the camera shots of who's going to get power and it being uh, Logan in the intro, and then there are all these fuck shots of Kendall having that exact same um, shot behind his head mm-hmm. being taken. Uh, yeah. That is something where I'm like, okay, yep, yeah, it's Kendall. That's fair, but even. Even in the face of that, there is still a part of me that still thinks that the winning of this show is getting the fuck out of this business because the poison drips through. The business and this lifestyle is poisonous to them. So, Kendall being the winner, I feel like that shot of the back of Logan's head is going to be something that's like replicated in one or two ways in the ending. Either Ken is at the head of a boardroom and he's fucking top dog CEO. It, no, it is. It's going to be the last shot. I'm calling it right now. But more specifically, one of two last shots that are possible. Either Ken wins the company and is CEO, or he's excluded. Tom and Gregor appointed, and Matson fucks the whole thing over. And the last shot is Ken at a dinner table with his fucking family. And like, so like he won essentially because the poison didn't drip through. He's spending time with his family. He's not repeating the cycle. But mm. the show's called Succession, not uh, solving family. Be a good dad trauma. all of a sudden by accident. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, this this show is good for so many reasons, but one of them is that I don't know if there's ever been a piece of media that has redefined the American dream, like redefined what winning means to Americans better than this show is doing. And I think the opportunity that this finale has is to make a statement on This is how we define winning in what is America right now. And the two options that you just discussed, where he's at the head of a table with his children and Rava and he's made amends uh, against, he's at the head of a boardroom and his siblings are estranged. And Matson did what he'd always wanted to do, which is fail big. He said that out loud last season. Yep. And he has pushed everybody away. Like, They are the writers and directors and producers of this show are going to be writing 
an essay called Winning in America 2023. <laughs> what does it actually mean? And yep. what they put on screen is their answer. And I don't know. The cynic in me doesn't see him at the head of a table with his kids and they like him, right? Oh, like, sure. I just, sure. I, I, it, the cynic in me uh, in a post-Trump world and perhaps another pre-Trump world in, in our near future, um, in, a, in this scenario or this reality, in a pre-Mencken world or a pre-fascist uh, on the rise, like what does the fictional America become in this show? Uh, if not holistically worse, uh, just morally and um, more and more uh, against people who are different. Like, and how is Kendall going to go on into that future and affect it? That is what they have the opportunity to do. And I have every, every ounce of me thinks they're going to fucking kill it. Also, yeah. by the way, you know how they say six seasons in a movie about community? Four seasons in a movie, do one 10 to 20 years from now. I want you to take all the characters, age them up either appropriately or maybe do it four years from now and age them up digitally <laughs> and show us what their version of like 2050, 2060 is and how these characters and where these characters are in their lives. I desperately want that shit real bad. True, true. I'd, uh, I'd consume that. I would consume it immediately. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, thanks everybody for uh, hanging out with us and, and watching Succession. The show fucking rips. And uh, next week we will be here with you to discuss the finale. Uh, Yellow Jackets is ending very soon as well. The finale is on Friday. So Adam and I will probably sit down and do a, a, a season retrospective on Yellow Jackets. Uh, we're coming up on the end of Ted Lasso as well. Uh, the penultimate episode just aired this week so adam and i will be talking about that this week and that'll be coming out later this week as well i said this week too many times just then get a thesaurus you fucking nerd yeah fucking suck <laughs> and uh, i'm so excited it's coming to an end dude i'm so excited i'm so afraid and i'm so excited and i'm so afraid <laughs> i haven't i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it 100 i'm gonna keep it real i haven't been dead ass dead ass straight up on no cap no cap i have not i don't have a hat on uh, i have not been this uh i guess confidently excited in the ending of a show uh with shows obviously game of thrones ism so on sure uh it's it's always just this kind of like oh i'm not gonna get involved i'm not gonna get too into it i'm in the weeds again charlie in the mailroom i'm coming up with how greg is gonna be the winner of it all in the end and it's 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 sad to see it end, but I am very much like happily looking forward to this for sure. Pepe Silvia, I'm Jack to the tits. Jack to the tits. <laughs> Straight to jail. <laughs>